Hey everyone, welcome to The Leadership Locker. My name is Rich Cardona and on this podcast, we dig through the lessons of today's most exceptional leaders to help you break through your barriers. If you're trying to progress your career, if you are trying to accelerate your entrepreneurial journey, which I know you all are, if you're looking to have a smoother transition out of the military because it is incredibly difficult, then you're in the right place. My guests and I are going to give you the tools and the resources to accelerate your curve, help you surge, and just crush it. So here we go. I interviewed Pat Flynn at VaynerMedia back in January. He was doing a course on the East Coast. Uh, he was actually doing a tour uh, promoting a SwitchPod. So I hit him up and we met at VaynerMedia, but it was just me. Okay, so the cameras weren't how I wanted it. The sound wasn't exactly how I wanted it. So when he was coming to the Military Influencer Conference to speak, not only was I thrilled that he was supporting the veteran community and the military community, but I was like, Pat, dude, can we do this again? He said, absolutely. It comes on the heels of the release of his book, Superfans, which teaches you how followers are not what you want, how superfans are what you want, and how building that community is what's gonna make your business thrive. He essentially flips the game on its head and he creates uh, a different kind of funnel, so to speak. All that being said, Pat Flynn is just an amazing human being who provides value all the time in various ways, whether it's his podcasting course, his affiliate marketing course, his YouTube videos, his podcast, uh, his one-on-one -on -one sessions, whatever it is, this is a, just an amazing human being and it was so important for me as an entrepreneur to make sure we get the information we need on how to just get those super fans going and just crush it like Pat. Okay, uh, I'm Rich Cardona here with Pat Flynn. I am a super fan, all right? Like I'm shamelessly promoting this because I am a super fan of Pat Flynn because of your YouTube videos, because of your books, because of your podcast Thank and you. how you have traditionally and continuously provided value for many more years than I knew uh, until I saw you at VidSummit last year. And then here we are. Uh, this is our second go. I'm actually never published our interview because it was just me. I didn't have a team and I feel like the angles are too close and ridiculous and I'm like, ah. The one thing you did, uh, before I let you introduce yourself, I just need to say this. You said, I said, I don't consume your content much anymore because I'm so focused on the business. And you go, as you should be. Mm -hmm. And I was like, the biggest validation for me because I don't watch Gary anymore. I don't watch anyone anymore. I'm just like, I just need to heads down. Like, I know I could check in on your content anytime and just be like, okay, that's a good nugget. That's all I need for the month. But uh, anyway, so thank you. And Pat, for everyone who doesn't know you, please tell us about you and then we can really kick it off. Yeah, no, th and thank you for that <laughs> intro. You know, I always tell people when they when they find my show, they go, okay, I'm gonna go to episode one. I'm gonna listen to all of them. I'm like, don't do that. <laughs> like, what do you need right now? Go find the stuff that'll help you with that. Then like you are doing, check in with me and then I'll always be here to serve you and help mm -hmm. you. And my journey starts with getting laid off from an architecture position back in 2008. And I thought I was done for because that's all I knew. And to make a long story short, I built a business helping people pass an architecture exam. And that business online exploded. Got a lot of inspiration from Tim Ferriss in, in terms of how I built that business so that it was mostly automated. A person could come to my website, download and pay for my study guide, and it would get automatically delivered to them. And I could literally make money sort of in my sleep. But a lot of people hear that and they're like, oh no, that's not real. Well, it is real, but only after a ton of work up front. Yeah. And so I had built a website soon after that website took off to really reveal and share just all the ins and outs of exactly how one could do this. 
and to counter all those other people who say this is easy, that this is a get-rich-quick thing, it's not at all. Yep. It takes a lot and a load of hard work. Mm -hmm. And I want to help people understand, well, what are those first steps, how to, how to manage that process, how to balance it, um, and just kind of watch out for all the things that are out there to try and get you on the way. Because yeah. when you do this and you do it right, and it's not ever going to be done right on the first try, it's, it's, it's a learning process and it takes a while, mm -hmm. but it really truly is life-changing. I'm so thankful I got laid off because <laughs> now I can spend more time with my family. Now yeah. I can help even more people. Now I'm also recognized for more things versus all the work I did in architecture. So I'm here to just serve and I do that through a number of ways, both on my podcast, and on my blog, but then more recently now on YouTube and then books and speaking and all these other things as well. And now that my kids are a little bit older, they're kind of coming along for the ride as long as they want to uh, remain interested. And my son's getting up on stages now. He's starting his own businesses at nine, which is pretty cool. And so just that's inspiring me now for the second part of my journey here, which is to help kids learn entrepreneurship. Because these things I wish I knew when I was a kid. Because yeah. skills that you learn as an entrepreneur can help you no matter what you do, whether yeah. you start your own business or not. And so just I'm here and I'm thankful and just I appreciate yeah. you this is all this is I mean and this is great and I watched you talk earlier and it was fantastic so uh, I kind of mentioned earlier about the leadership locker the leadership locker is designed for influencers like you who haven't served or maybe you're close to the military whatever uh, you may be in proximity right in San Diego yeah but haven't served to help transitioning service members just kind of hear it from your perspective because I think sometimes if we lean on on each other too much it just gets diluted like you should just hear it from the source. So transitioning service members and veteran entrepreneurs. So for the transitioning service members, I want to focus on this, which is, you know, you have no followers, subscribers and customers. It's all about super fans. Uh, but if you're getting out and maybe you're not going to be an entrepreneur, but maybe you're just going to kind of go into the traditional work environment. How do you get the attention that you need in order to showcase the fact that you have value to deliver? Mm -hmm. uh, because that is, probably one of the most discouraging things because we knew where we belonged and now it's a completely different story. What is your opinion on that? Yeah, I mean, you don't start out by having super fans on day one, that's not at all. You have to have followers, you have to eventually get subscribers, eventually to then get customers, and then the super fans come after that. Mm -hmm. But when you're just starting out, like, where do you start? Well, really it starts with understanding those who you want to serve and who you want to help. And mm -hmm. so really it comes down to what groups of people interest you mm -hmm. such that you want to learn more about what they need help with because truly any successful business or entrepreneur is uh, it's just about solving problems mm -hmm. and I think a lot of people start with oh okay I need to start a podcast or I need to write a book mm -hmm. or I need to start an online course how do you know that <laughs> you don't and I think it's just guessing up front so you can remove that guesswork by getting really in tune and involved with people who you want to help and mm -hmm. what that means is literally have conversations with them understand them learn about what those problems are, but also how they describe those problems. What have they tried to solve those problems with before mm -hmm. that didn't work? Why didn't they work? And really, it just takes one or two of these kinds of conversations to really fire up a ton of light bulbs and fire under you to go and help those people. Mm -hmm. A very common strategy in business is to think about who your ideal customer is. Yep. You, you come up with your customer avatar, as they often say. Yep. And I don't like that exercise. I think it's smart in the sense that, well, you need to pick something, mm -hmm. right? Because if you build a business for everybody, you're actually building a business for nobody. Sure. But if you just make up a person, well, what happens when you're building something and you want to ask that person a question? You, you can't because they're not real, right? <laughs> but if you find real people in real life, not only do you understand what their problems are from their voice, you hear their intonation, you feel their emotion, you empathize with them. Mm -hmm. So that when you create your creation or your solution or your platform, you already have them in mind. And that's where you can get ahead of way more people who are just jumping in because entrepreneurship is cool. Yeah 
right? And it is a cool thing, and it's the, the barrier to entry is super low, but as a result, people aren't doing that necessary work up front, mm -hmm. or because it's online, I can hide behind my keyboard and I don't have to have social interactions. Mm -hmm. Even if you're an introvert like me, you have to go there to find people. Where do you find people? You put yourself in places like events or conferences, or even just asking your friends, family, what they, what they might need help with. That's where it starts. So I'm hearing everything that you're saying now, Everyone always says you need to really niche down, like narrow it, narrow the focus, narrow the focus, narrow the focus, like more and more and more. Mm -hmm. um, like, like, how do you do that? Like, everyone, your ideas are so big and broad and you're thinking big, but how do you really know how to like, just kind of channel it down a little bit to, to really serve that kind of avatar like you're saying? You have to continually have these conversations such that you're getting the reaction where a person's like, oh, I know that you're for me. That's what you want to work toward. What I mean is, and I love that you mentioned this because the riches are in the niches. Yeah. Even though if you pronounce it niches, it still <laughs> makes sense. Um, the riches are in the niches because when you niche down, yes, you're serving potentially less people, but you're actually going to serve more people because you will cut through the competition because there is less competition. You're going to speak the exact language that that particular audience will resonate with mm -hmm. to a point where, and again, you want to go so far as to get that reaction of, oh, I know you're for me yep. versus all the other options that they might have out there. Yep. So let's say you want to be somebody who um, is in the fitness industry. Yep. If you create a website, you're going to go, I'm going to help people with their fitness. <laughs> the chances are that you're going to talk to somebody and go, I'm going to help you with fitness they're not probably gonna go, oh, well, how do I know that you're my person? Yep. That passion can come through to the point where a person can feel that wanting to serve. But I think when you niche down, it goes, okay, well, I'm, I'm gonna not help you with fitness, I'm gonna help you run a marathon. Now, yes, you're narrowing down the field, mm -hmm. but now you are more likely to gain the interest of those who are in that more niched field. Yeah. So now marathon runners, okay, cool. Are you going for beginner marathon runners or advanced? Because they have a completely different language as well. So if you just say, hey, I help people in the marathon, uh, run a marathon, you might likely get questions like, okay, well, what about that? You know, And then you go deeper. Okay, I, I, I help people get off the couch and eventually become a marathon runner. Okay, now you know who you're targeting. Mm -hmm. Now you know exactly what their problems are. They've never done this before, it's scary. And now you know you can give them different kinds of quick wins to enable them mm -hmm. versus people who are maybe more advanced who are going for record setting numbers. Completely different solutions even though it's in the same field. Mm -hmm. So hopefully you can see that by niching down in this way, you're narrowing in on the language, you're narrowing in on the solutions and probably what your first steps might, might be. One caveat to that is whether it's fitness, golf, running, is evaluating your competition. How do you evaluate, not, maybe not necessarily the competition, but others in that industry, genre, whatever you want to call it, how do you evaluate it fairly, but not to the point where you're like, you know what, never mind. Because that happens all the time, right? Mm -hmm. Like, how do you do that and just stay focused and just be like, I'm going to serve? Yeah, I mean, I think number one, if you do some research and you find there is competition, people out there who are doing literally the same thing that you want to do, that's a good sign. It's a good sign because that means there's a market out there for it. You're not just doing something completely brand new. Mm -hmm. Remember when the Segway came and everybody was like, this is going to revolutionize how we walk. <laughs> yeah. And now the only place you see Segways are like on tours on the beach, right? Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. Because they were doing mall something. Mall cops. <laughs> yeah, mall cops, Paul Blart or whatever. <laughs> they just built something completely brand new. And because of that, they were actually at fault with what their expectations were. But when you go into a space where there is already competition, that's great because that competition can teach you what is working already and what is not. Mm -hmm. And that's what I recommend people go into. So if, for example, you're thinking about creating a physical product, find existing physical products that serve that same audience and look at the reviews for them and find out, well, what do people like? What do people don't like? 
specifically, you can go to Amazon and look at the three-star reviews, which I love because they literally will list, here's what I like, pros, and here's what I don't like, cons. So now you're actually using that competition and the fact that you're coming in new as your advantage versus I think a lot of people go, ah, I'm late to the game, that's, a, that's my disadvantage. No, you are at an advantage yeah. being new. And then as far as like how you would compete with them versus, uh, you know, besides the features and the things that you learn about what they like and don't like, really it's about understanding what is it about you? What's your unique selling proposition? What's your superpower, if you will, your unfair advantage that you have based on your experience, your life, that the others don't have? It might mm -hmm. be the fact that you were in the military mm -hmm. and you have just this amazing discipline that these other businesses will not. Mm -hmm. Or maybe you know that you work harder than them or I don't know what it might be but you have to define what that is because a person is eventually gonna go hey you do this and that person does the same thing well why you you have to answer that I don't know if you've ever seen Shark Tank yeah. but people will come in they'll pitch their idea right and Mr. Wonderful goes like this <laughs> and he goes what's stopping me from hiring people to do exactly what you're doing and crush you like he literally says this and people stumble they don't know and it's those who do know what their superpower is, the thing that Kevin cannot hire for, that's, that's what's gonna set you apart. Um, I wanna talk quickly about something that you talk about in Superfans, which is, for me, enormous, which is turning the funnel upside down. You said on stage, like, the funnel is certainly a good thing, it's effective, it can be effective, but I was falling into a trap very recently where I was about to spend boatloads of money on ads and all this other stuff just to be like, I want people to know me. My, mm. my motto is you can only realize your value if you have maximum visibility. Maximum visibility is through video. So we're talking and I'm like, okay. I just put stuff out there, put stuff out there, put stuff out there. But I don't like the funnel game. I like deeper relationships. Yeah. I like to ha eventually have conversations like this. I like to reach out to people. I'm not scared to do it. And I like to see them to see like, I'm trying to provide value for you. Like this isn't part of the business. This is part of my passion. Yeah. So. Tell me about turning that funnel upside down and working your way back up um, and why that's more important, so to speak, than the quantity that you were looking for at the top of a funnel or a traditional funnel. There was a person who had an Instagram account in the news recently who had 2.2 million subscribers on Instagram. And she sold t a t-shirt. <laughs> and it. she sold, I think, 26 of them. Yep. And she was bummed out. And it was, this made big news because she had a huge following. Yes. I guarantee you there are people with 26 followers only who would be able to sell 52 shirts because they went deeper with the people who were following them versus her, she was very surface level. I won't get into the details. No, no, but, I know. But I know. you know what I mean? Yeah. It's because she was so focused at the top of the funnel. The top of the funnel is if you imagine a funnel, the largest part at the top, you pour traffic in and then things start to happen, right? Gravity does all the work for you because you set all these things up ahead of time. So a certain percentage of that traffic become subscribers, a certain percentage of them become people who are interested in your sales page and, and product, and then a certain percentage of them will become customers. Mm -hmm. And that's cool and that's great and it's necessary in business to have and develop those systems. It's great because there's numbers behind them as well so you can track and if you want to double conversions, you can either double the amount of traffic or just double the amount of traffic that becomes subscribers or what have you. All, mm -hmm. the, the, all, all the numbers you could play with and that's really fun. That's why I think a lot of businesses go there because it makes business sense. Yep. But the problem is we just expect that when we get traffic everything's gonna happen automatically and in, in this day and age we need to really focus on those deeper relationships yeah. like you said because that's what's going to keep people coming back for more. Mm -hmm. The funnel ends at customer but super fans starts at customer, I mean even before customer, but 
customer is just the middle. Mm -hmm. You can go beyond that and get people to continually come back to become fans, to be ambassadors. Why isn't the traditional funnel, which is bigger at the top, continually going down into then super fan and community and, mm -hmm. and engaged subscriber and those kinds of, it doesn't, it just stops it at customer. So what the reverse funnel is, or what I talk about in super fans, which is the pyramid of fandom, is you have your casual audience at the bottom, the people who you just brought in through whatever mechanism, mm -hmm. uh, and then you convert them into a engaged audience member, a subscriber, a follower, they now know who you are. But then a community member, they feel like they belong to something, there's an identity formed as somebody who follows you or your work or your, your, your creative, your projects, your your passions, your products, yep. uh, and then at the top of your are, are your super fans. Yep. And it's crazy because when you consider where's most of the engagement, where's most of the customers coming from, it's always at the top of the pyramid, mm -hmm. and it takes work to get there. Yep. So this is why super fans was written because even if you're just starting out, and if you have one person, you can move them up, yeah. versus the conversion rate of one traffic to one subscriber to one sales page to one customer. That's can I add tough. a caveat to that though? So like you get. I have, I'm approaching like literally today, like a thousand followers. I just got on Instagram last year and I'm kind of excited about it. And there's people who regularly engage. But at what point, even though I, I think like they're super fans and they share my stuff and all this good stuff, like, am I able to monetize without feeling sleazy, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, that's a real question that I think people want. So like, now I'm leveraging you to actually help me monetize on, you know, with my business? What about Yeah, but what does monetization mean? It means different things for different people. Mm -hmm. If you're just trying to make money to make money, then you're gonna be asking the wrong questions and providing the wrong solutions mm -hmm. to that audience that you're building and yeah. you're working so hard to build. I think if you, here's the trick, you get your super fans to tell you what would be helpful mm -hmm. because then it's positioned as, you told me this is what you wanted and I built it for you mm -hmm. and they will love you even more for it, mm -hmm. right? So that's the big, sort of shift mentally. It's, for most people like us who actually care about our audiences, it's the same thing. But in your head, it's about, well, you're providing this because you know it's exactly what they need. Yep. And to a point where they would gladly give you that money because yeah. you're solving that problem, you're making something more convenient that you have done that research for to understand that that's what they need help with. Um, I wanted to talk about FlynnCon, but I, I wanna actually stick to one thing here, which is, talking about not devaluing yourself by charging too little, by not asking because you're afraid of the no's, mm -hmm. um, and just literally realizing your self-worth and the value of what you have going on. How do you overcome the anxiety that you get? And, and I don't mean just like a no, right? Like if it's a super fan or if it's people that you, you really, even like your family, like would you buy this and, and whatever, and you're afraid <laughs> of the no's, but, how do you estimate your value and present it with confidence to really establish uh, your business? And then you were very fortunate with your exam, like it just kind of took off, right? Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm not sure you expected that, but once it did, you're like, here we go. Yeah. Um, how do you get that to that place? Yeah, I definitely didn't expect that. But when I finally understood how much I was saving people by having something they could invest in, then it became in my head, oh, okay, this is worth it. I need to then share it with more people now. When I have these conversations and when I have things to pitch, what I, what I, I want the no's because the no's help you know. Like I want the, the K-N-O-W no's. Uh, that, those are the no's I want because whether it's a yes or a no, I'm learning, I'm gathering information. So this is what I, teach, what I taught my other book, Will It Fly, which is my yep. validation process, yep. which literally you kind of do micro incremental tests to share ideas and get 
a green light to move on or a red light to reassess. Mm -hmm. And you then, if you get a green light, move on to the next step. And it just little by little, you're getting people to continually vote with confidence, with their messages, and then eventually with their dollars that this is something that you need to build. Yeah. And you can do the very, the very same exact thing with uh, any business journey. And so it's scary because it's, it's pu you're putting yourself out there. But I think the ultimate goal of an entrepreneur is to figure things out. Yeah. And part of figuring it out is understanding what doesn't work. Yep. And that's essentially what you're doing by getting the NO nose, is mm -hmm. you're figuring out that, well, that didn't work. And it may not be a result of the product that you're creating, and probably not even a reflection of your passion. It's just a reflection of they haven't understood it yet. Yep. So when I pitch somebody something and they say, no, or it's too expensive, that's just code word for, well, I haven't clearly understood the value that's being offered to me here yet. Mm and yet being the keyword, because you can continually go back and try again. And you can do it in a way that's not aggressive. I know we all have experienced the <laughs> aggressive salesman yeah. before. You don't have to be like that. And if you actually truly care about somebody and you use the language and you pay attention to them and you call them by name and you really want to help them, well, then there's nothing to worry about. Uh, so FlynnCon, you established a super fan base, so to speak. Uh, I was so mad I couldn't make it. It looked epic. I'm sure you think it went well. And I saw you already selling tickets for next year. If you finally got traction, I'm a veteran entrepreneur, and you and I are talking two years from now, and I'm like, Pat, it's time for me to throw the leadership locker room conference or something ridiculous. Leadership uh, locker live. <laughs> leadership locker live. There, you heard it here. Um, so we do leadership locker live. Um, what did you learn from your experience from throwing a conference, and were you scared? <laughs> uh, was I scared? Yes. I had a couple mental breakdowns, I think, beforehand. My wife would attest to that. But also, we didn't make any money off of it either, and that's not why you put on an event. You don't, Love it. You don't put on an event to make money. We lost money on it, but we gained so much more. We gained bigger fans. We gained more, mo more momentum with super fans. Uh, we tested a few things there, and overall, we were able to bring our community together. There's a chapter in Superfans about the impact of bringing your community together, mm -hmm. and it's not about you. It's about making people feel like they belong to something, because mm -hmm. when they do, they're going to stick with that. Mm -hmm. So even though we didn't make any money on this year's event, or maybe not even ever will on FlynnCon, um, we know in the long run we will be ROI positive, because now we have fans, repeat customers, people who have shared experiences, people who go home from these events and talk about it with their friends. This is how we were able to sell um, 100 tickets to next year's event before we even announced it, yep. because those are people who were there before, and now we have people knocking on our door going, when are, you, when are they going to be on sale? When are they going to be on sale? Yep. Because now the, the concept is proven. Um, definitely scary, but so much fun to put my own twist and spin on stuff that I've been experiencing in yep. other places. And it's just been really neat to see the, the continual conversation about it. And still, we're now like a month since the event, over a month, and people are still talking about it. It's just yeah. really cool and just yeah. excited for it. Well, for you me. mentioned experience is, right? Like uh, you mentioned in your speech or your keynote earlier, experience is. Like it has to be multiple. Like it can't be a, a one-time thing. So what was your favorite part of it? Uh, and then <laughs> what, was some, what is one takeaway that you're like, I will not try that again, and we'll end it there? Okay. And, and yeah. Love to hear it. Yeah, so my uh, favorite part was uh, my son having time on stage to deliver a keynote. Yeah. <laughs> so he and his school, they're very entrepreneurial at his school, and they 
uh, each kid is required to do a presentation every month in front of the rest of the class, which is super cool, and yeah. I think that's amazing. Yeah. We asked him if he would be willing to take his favorite presentation and share it to the audience, and it was a seven-minute keynote. He did it all himself wow. uh, using Google Slides, actually, and the only thing I helped him with was ch just changing the font out to the to the font for Fling Comet. Anyway, uh, he, he rocked it. He got more laughs than I did, and just he just to see him flourish and feel confident in front of people, like that's that's amazing because it took me 30 years to have that confidence and he was a, he was 9. Yeah. So that was that was my favorite uh, and then and then his sister came on after to do a panel nice. uh, which was really <laughs> cool. So they get the family involved and yeah. it was a family friendly event so just to to just showcase that and you know walk the walk uh, was really cool. Yeah. Um, the thing that we'll never do again is probably be so mysterious about everything like we literally did not share who was going to be there as speakers, <laughs> what people were going to learn, nothing. We didn't yeah. share anything. Or you're just trying to build up anticipation. Like, I was, oh. <laughs> and then for a while, I was just like, yeah, it's kind of cool to like, like, just see who, see who will come yeah. no matter what. And we had 400 people come with literally no info other than show up here at the state, yeah. which was pretty incredible and a testament <laughs> to the super fans for right? sure. uh, and, and Team Flynn. But um, it, was, it was maybe a little bit too mysterious. Yeah. Like People should know kind of what <laughs> the talks are going to be about yeah. and, and understand if it's for them. So, yeah. That, that, I think, is the biggest regret. regret. Uh, but things went off without a hitch and yeah. you know, very excited. And, and the mystery keynote guests, I think they'll remain mysteries because that was kind of fun to kind of have people guess who they were going to be. We had an arcade and a Mario Kart tournament. And finals was like in front of the whole audience <laughs> on the giant screens. And keeping it kid-friendly and, and bringing families, I think it's what it's all about. Yeah, kid-friendly was huge uh, for me. And, and I, I thought that was, I mean, when we spoke earlier, I kind of mentioned to you, you're an inspiration like as a father. I mean, we have a two and a half, well, we, she's almost three and then we're expecting number two. But Congratulations. Like, yeah, like I, I really, thank you. I, I, I try and like show her what I'm doing and just be like, this is cool. Like, you know, and take videos of her, her in slow motion. And she's like, oh wow, this is, you know. And it's like exactly what I did, like with all my podcasting <laughs> here, like in my, in my office, like it could be very easy for them to come in and touch everything and ruin everything. And then I go, no, don't touch. But like, I want them to touch everything because yeah. like, here's how your voice can be lower or higher. And now they're <laughs> podcasting. My son and I have a podcast together, right? So I love that you're doing that. Yeah. Um, where would you like your future super fans to find you right now? Uh, I mean, you want to talk about the book or future FlynnCon? Where do you want? Them? I mean, if you want to check out the book, awesome. It's uh, on Amazon and most places where you can get books as well, Barnes and Noble. Yeah. Uh, my website, SmartPassiveIncome.com, yeah. and then you're going to start to see me blog and do videos a lot more on my personal blog. Mm -hmm. Uh, so I can talk about things like parenting and tech and gaming and all this other stuff I'm interested in at patflynn.com. Thank you for listening to The Leadership Locker. For more about us, how we can serve you, and for other episodes, please visit richcardonamedia.com backslash podcast. If you liked this episode a lot or little, Please don't forget to subscribe so that way my guests and I can continue to deliver some heat and get you the knowledge that you want. Don't miss an episode. Please join our Facebook group so you get much more exclusive content. Take care.